0: Hey, welcome to Listen Up, everybody. It's Grant Napier. Hope that you are doing well on this Thursday. We get you ready for the uh, NFL playoffs with, uh, you know, again, the games this weekend. We'll find out who's in as of on Sunday in the big game, of course, the Raiders and the Chargers. Uh, The Niners with a big game as well and some other teams. So, you know, again, uh, we'll talk about the Kings. How do you lose last night to the Atlanta Hawks who are without eight players? Think about this. The Kings played at home against the Atlanta Hawks. Eight players out for Atlanta, including all-star Trey Young, his starting backcourt mate, Bogdan Bogdanovich, John Collins, and five others. How does that happen? Seriously. How does that happen? Unbelievable. Bad, right? And, you know, I'm looking at all of the comments and I'm just like, wow. Fans have had enough. All right, there was an incident last night which has really bothered me. This cancel culture that we live in. The fact that people are so quick to judge. Uh, Glenn Concer is the Radio analyst for the Washington Wizards, all right? And just to be transparent, I know Glenn, have been friends with Glenn, although, like, I don't have his phone number friends, but, I mean, every time that we used to play Washington, you know, we would chat, we would, you know. uh, So, I'm I'm just trying to put our uh, friendship in context, all right? So, he was announcing a game last night and was talking about Kevin Porter Jr. of the Rockets. He said, Kevin Porter Jr., like his dad, pulled that trigger right at the right time. Now, Porter's father, Kevin Porter Sr., was charged with first-degree murder after shooting a 14-year-old girl. He spent four years in prison over it. He claimed that the gun accidentally discharged, which was backed up by a witness. Porter Sr. was then killed in 2004 after being shot five times in a bar following a heated interaction. Now, at the time, it certainly felt like concert's line was a case of mistaken identity because Kevin Porter, played in the 70s and 80s, including a stint at the end of his career with Washington, who Glenn announces for. Glenn came out with an apology. Please allow me to take this opportunity to sincerely apologize to Kevin Porter Jr., his family, and the Rockets organization for the comments I made during last night's game. I mistakenly, Thought that Kevin was the son of former Washington player Kevin Porter and was unaware that the words I chose to describe his game winning shot would be in any way hurtful or insensitive. I have reached out to Kevin to personally apologize and hope to be able to talk with him soon. Again, we go back to the intent. The intent of his comments had nothing to do with disparaging or I don't even have to go on. Could you say that he's guilty of not being prepared enough before he goes on the air? 100%. I can't completely excuse him for that comment. You know, that part of your job is to be prepared when you go on. All right. The, uh, the reason for that is the Kevin Porter who did play in the NBA is 71 years old right now. So the chances of him having a son who's 21 would not be high. All right. Possible, obviously, but you know where I'm getting at. So I can't totally absolve concert of this. Because he, he he didn't do his homework before going on the air. But the intent of his comment was not one of malice. But that doesn't stop, once again, LeBron James from coming out and making a completely asinine, ridiculous, stupid tweet. You ready for this? Oh, he thought this was cool, huh? Nah, we ain't going for this. Sorry, but this ain't going to fly. How insensitive can you be to say something like this? Beat it, man. I pray for you, but there's no place in our beautiful game for you. Again, LeBron James, who is so hypocritical, so disgraceful, so... It, it, it just, I, I've lost so much respect for LeBron James. I pray for you, but there's no place in our beautiful game for you. As if Glenn Concer made that comment with malice. He made the comment thinking that Kevin Porter Jr., was the son of the NBA, Kevin Porter. Intent. No one gives a damn about intent anymore. Nobody wants to spend five minutes and analyze and use common sense here. Do you think Glenn Concer would make a comment like that? Do you think any professional broadcaster would make a comment like that if they knew about Kevin Porter Jr.'s real father, and when I say real father, not the one that Glenn thought of. I mean, how stupid are people? LeBron James is disgraceful. Seriously. I think LeBron James' tweet is worse than what Glenn Concer said on air. That's what I think. That's what I think. Disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. If you want to comment on that, let me know. Raise your hand. And we'll put you right on stage. And you can come on with me. Incredible to me. Seriously. Absolutely incredible to me, LeBron James. LeBron, I I just. It's so, it's sad. It really is. Just so awful. All right, so. NFL. This weekend. The Raiders and the Chargers, you know, if they both were to tie, they'd both be in the playoffs, which is kind of a weird scenario, right? I mean, you could just go out on the field and say to each other, hey, let's just go, uh, you know, kneel down on the ball four times for the entire game and we'll the final score will be 0-0 and we'll both get into the playoffs. I mean, seriously, you know? Uh, then you got the Antonio Brown story. The Buccaneers, by the way, have officially released Antonio Brown. Unbelievable. The team came out with a statement because Brown released text messages between him and the head coach, Bruce Arians. The Bucs said while Antonio did receive treatment on his ankle and was listed on the injury report the week leading up to last Sunday's game, he was clear to play by our medical team prior to the start of the game, and at no point during the game did he indicate to our medical personnel that he could not play. We have attempted multiple times throughout this week to schedule an evaluation by an outside orthopedic specialist, yet Antonio has not complied. Maintaining the health and wellness of our players is of the utmost importance to our organization. Here's the deal. There is no defending Antonio Brown. All right. Period. Uh, There is no defending his disturbing patterns of behavior. You can't defend it. There is no excuse, regardless of whether his ankle was hurt or not hurt and prevented him from playing. For doing what he did Sunday in New York. Period. Period. Um, It's unbelievable to me. Arians was asked about the ankle injury, and Bruce Arians. Responded with a chuckle. The players know the truth. We called for the personnel group that he had played in the entire game. He refused to go in the game. That's when I looked back and saw him basically wave off the coach. I then went back, approached him about what was going on. Arians said, Brown said, I ain't playing. Arians then asked, what's going on? He said Brown responded with, I ain't getting the ball. That's when I said, you're done. Get the F out of here. He pointed to the exits. Brown said he used a throat-slashing gesture, which Bruce Arians denied. And then we saw what happened. Antonio Brown does not deserve, does not belong in the NFL. I've said that for a number of years. Arians went on and said he would never force a player to play while injured. Quote, you can't force a player to play. They have that choice. It's their body. He decided to play. He and Mike Evans both were on pitch counts. We were trying to manage that as best we could in the first half. Again, if I see Antonio Brown in the NFL again, I may not watch the sport until he's done. I, uh, that, that's, that's how I feel about Antonio Brown. He's a disgrace. And you know what? The NFL has no one to blame but themselves for this mess. All right? Period. Period. You know, and again, Brown releases the text messages. Bruce Arians said, you saw the text. If you can go on Saturday, I want you with the team in case you can go. He participated in the Saturday walkthrough like he was going. There was never another question about it. Of course there wasn't. Because the guy's a mental case. Seriously. He's a head case. It's exactly what he is. People say, gee, you shouldn't say he's a mental case. He may have a mental health issue. He may have a mental health issue, but that doesn't. That doesn't change my argument. He shouldn't be in the NFL. Period. He, sh- he doesn't belong in the NFL. And if he has a mental health issue, he's got every single thing at his disposal. He has every single ability to go get help. So if he does have a mental health issue, that's fine. But that doesn't mean he should be playing in the NFL. He shouldn't be playing in the NFL. Period. Absolutely... Ridiculous. How anybody could stick up for Antonio Brown. The guy is an embarrassment to the National Football League. That's all there is to it. Ridiculous. The guy's a disgrace. Absolutely a disgrace. All right, if you want to get in on the show, uh, raise your hand, hit your hand icon, and I will put you up on stage. Final week of the NFL season with two games coming up on Saturday. Kansas City at Denver. Dallas at Philadelphia. You've got the Indianapolis at Jacksonville game. You have Tennessee trying for the number one seed at Houston. Derrick Henry may play somewhat in that game. San Francisco at Los Angeles taking on the Rams. You know, Arizona's at home against Seattle, depending on what happens in that Rams-Niners game. And then, of course, you know, your Sunday night game, the Raiders and the Chargers. Wouldn't it be something, though, if they tied that game? It would be something, wouldn't it? So final weekend of the NFL regular season. And then on Monday, you got Alabama and Georgia for the national championship. So we got a good weekend coming up. A good weekend coming up in sports. PGA Tour is back in Hawaii. So you got a lot of good stuff that's going on. All right, NBA last night, as I said, uh, the pathetic, and that's the only thing you can say, pathetic. Uh, The pathetic Sacramento Kings come home and take on an Atlanta Hawks team down eight players. So it's like their JV squad. Eight players, including Trey Young, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and John Collins. Three of their very best players, Young, their best player, the All-Star. And that happens? You lose to that team? I don't care if you had a game the night before. That shouldn't matter. Everybody has back-to-backs in the NBA. I mean, is that unbelievable or what? You lose to the Atlanta Hawks, who had come in 16-20, and 20. Sacramento is 16 and 24. and they start a three or they start a road trip tomorrow in Denver then they go to Portland who's really struggling before coming back home Denver by the way is having all kinds of problems too they're at 500 they've lost two in a row 16 and 24. I, I, it's it's unbelievable to me. It really is. Unbelievable how bad that was last night. There's an embarrassment. All right, let's get to Ken. Ken, you're on with Grant here on Listen App. Go ahead, Ken.
2: What's happening, Grant? I haven't talked to you in a while. You've been around the world. Jet setting, how you been?
0: I'm good, buddy. How are you? I wouldn't go that far, but what's going on? What can I do for you?
2: Oh, nothing much. I uh, just wanted to call him, uh, participate in the show today. Uh, the Kings, man, yeah, I mean, no surprise here, so I don't got a lot. But uh, I, m- I remember I, I called in, and you, you asked me what would I do if I was a GM, and I pretty much said, I don't know, man. I'm just a guy throwing darts, drinking beers. But uh, it made me think when – I got a question, because I was too young to really remember. Uh, when, when the Kings traded away Mitch Richmond for uh, Chris Weber I, I I think I remember hearing that it was towards the end of Mitch's career and how beloved he was in Sacramento. Uh, what was the f- response of that trade? Were people excited and the dynamics? of I, I think I've heard that Weber was disgruntled in and, and Warriors Town and, uh, or the Bullets or something like that. Um, and the reason why I asked is because we sit here and we got all these uh, – You got the talk of trade Fox. Now I've heard Halliburton's open, and they're playing better, I mean, numbers-wise, you know, posting 30-point, 26-point games. Um, What was the situation when they traded Mitch? Like,. Were it was mixed. The, the, the,
0: the, the, react, the reaction was mix, mixed for this reason. Uh, Chris had two years left on his deal, and a lot of people felt there was no way in the world that Chris would re sign in Sacramento. So a lot of people were thinking, gee, you just traded your best player for a player that's going to be gone uh, in two years. Chris did not report on the first day, and it was only because of his father, Macy Weber, uh, that talked to Chris and made Chris report. Uh, after missing the first day, I mean, everything with Chris is about Chris. I mean, that's just you know that's just the way Chris is, and that's the way Chris has always been, and he'll never change. Uh, but the the fans at the time felt that it was going to be a bad trade because Chris Weber would never resign in Sacramento. Obviously, they were wrong. You know? now, uh, as far as the Aaron Fox goes, and again, I don't want to go overboard with this. Because you, 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 it can be somewhat, somewhat misleading in just one game. But De'Aaron Fox had thirty points last night, right? While he was right. on the court, his team was outscored by nine points. Okay, Tyrese Halliburton was on the court also right. for thirty-eight minutes, but his thirty-eight minutes, the Kings were. Plus six, they outscored Atlanta by six. So what I'm saying is not that's that, that's not always the best barometer to use on an individual game basis. What I am saying is, you know, 30 points is good. But when he was on the court, the Kings were scored by nine points. So I always look at that as well. You know, there's two sides to the game. There's offense and there's defense. Yes, I would agree with you. The Fox has been playing better statistically but I still, uh, if a uh, matter of fact, I'm not going to spoil it for you. The Kings right now, after the Denver game, okay, will have played half the season. So after tomorrow's game against Denver, the Kings will have played half the season next Monday. I'm going to give midterm grades, okay? And I'm just telling you, my grade for Deer and Fox is not going to be anywhere near what, what people would want it to be. OK, in other words, his performance this year has been horrible for the most part out of the 40 games uh, and including some of the games that he's missed, which, you know, but he his performance has been very subpar this year.
2: Right. No, I, I agree with you. I was just uh, kind of drawing comparisons in the situation the Kings are in now to in the past where you've got your star players that, you know, people have mixed uh, emotions on. And let's All
0: right, say- let, me, let me stop. Let me stop you right there. Mitch Richmond was a star player. Mitch, Rich Mitch Richmond was an all-star and was one of the very best two guards in the NBA. Period. Not debatable. When you said star players, the Kings don't have any stars on their team, so you need to change the adjective. There are no stars on the Kings' team. They don't have a star.
2: Well, one of our best players. How about that? We have beautiful role That's players, fine. Yep. and he's the best role player at this point. Uh, basically, yes. what I'm saying is, uh, or my question is. How long? How long did it take for C-Web to know that th- this was a good deal? Like, so let's say, for instance, if we traded Fox or Taliburton for, let's say, Ben Simmons, just for example, yep. he came in here in the first ten games, twenty games, and it looks like ah, that wasn't a good. T- what, wh- how did that turn out with the C-Web thing? Was it instant success or was yeah, it it was the like first month
0: a- the the first month of the season? Uh, you knew that this was all all going to work out. It wasn't just Chris, you know, Vladi Devots had come in gotcha. uh, that first year. That was also the first year of Jason Williams. Okay. Uh, you also had Patio Stojakovic who was just starting his career. I mean, it all came together at once, but it was Vladi. It was J- the draft pick of Jason Williams and the addition of Chris. And it was instant success. Instant.
2: So, so, all right. So if, if that was how it went down or that's how it went down, like in theory, we Kings could do the same thing. We've got some pieces that we could trade. I don't know who, but right. we have a good draft. We change up some things, and things could be different really could quickly. It, it
0: It could be. Yes, it could be. You have to make the right draft pick. You have to make the right trade. That year also – Just to refresh people's memory, the season did not begin until February that year because they had a lockout. It was a 50-game season, and the Kings actually made the playoffs that year and lost to the Jazz in the first round in a thrilling and absolutely thrilling five-game series. Vladi Divots had been torching the Jazz the entire game and had a chance to win the game at the very end of regulation, and he missed a jump hook. That he had been making the entire game, and then the Kings lost. Uh, but then the next year, you know, that was the beginning of the surge for Sacramento in that fifty-game season.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. I got one more thing for you. Go ahead. Uh, got the Raiders, uh, Raiders, Chargers coming up. Um, I've been. Christmas hopeful thinking in the, this Raiders run. I wasn't really on – I wasn't in belief that they can pull this off and pretty much in shock every week when they squeak by, um, especially that Colts win. Yep. Um, yep. Coming up with this Chargers, I mean, I got my fingers crossed. I'll be in the garage hanging out partying. Um, but I'm worried about it. I, I, I You know, in, uh, in my circle of, of fans, uh, hopes are high. We're going to crush them, all this. And I'm worried about him. I, I I would be shocked if the Raiders uh, pull this one off. And shocked? I'm a fan. Shocked? Yeah, man. I mean, nah, come
0: on, you can't the, be shocked. I mean, they're two even teams. I would say you could be surprised, but I, shocked? You're using the word shocked. Okay, I I wouldn't you're right. be shocked. You're
2: right? All right, all right, Grant. All right, all right. Shocked? I'm just saying, man. Just over the years as a Raider fan, man, pulling through, and the, Herbert's really good. We got some more drama backstage with Hobbs DUI, which is yep. mind blowing to me. How that happens, um, I could just really see them dropping the ball. So yeah. Um, All right, here's well, I'm, gonna I'm gonna tell you. I'm like, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna you I'm gonna give you a little forecast.
0: I'm gonna give you a little forecast because I did a show on uh, Tuesday with Sean Salisbury, and he was talking about how underappreciated Derek Carr is. If if the Raiders lose on Sunday and Carr does not play well, you know what the talk's going to be. You know what? You can't win with Derek Carr. I'm just telling you. And conversely, this this could be the game that gets him really over the hump. So this is a really huge game in the career for Derek Carr, in my opinion.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, Grant. Well, thank you.
0: Thank you, Ken. Take care. Take care. All right. Good call right there from Ken. Hey, if you want to get on, all you need to do, is raise your hand icon, and we will put you uh, right on. Think about that. Think about if Carr struggles, does not play well, you know what the talk's going to be. I know what the talk's going to be. And conversely, if he has a really solid game, leads this team into the postseason, that's going to be huge for him. Going to be huge for him. So we've got all of that that we're talking about today. The situation with Glenn Concer, the Washington Wizards radio analyst. We have the Kings' horrible performance last night. You've got the NFL final weekend. And, of course, the Antonio Brown story. And the absurd hypocrisy. Just the disgraceful LeBron James tweet. As it relates to Glenn concert, I don't understand how LeBron James can continually do this over and over and over again. And people are just okay with it. Just say it. It it really is. Awful is what it is. Absolutely awful. Plain and simple. Awful. Uh, How about Novak Djokovic and what's going on in Australia? It's just the, you know what, good. Don't, you know what, Australia, don't let the number one player in the world play in your tournament. That's great. That's good. That's great. That's really going to help out your country. Keep Novak out of the Australian Open. Good job right there on your part, Australia. Really good part. Don't let him play. Keep him out. You know, they canceled his visa. And as of right now, and he is appealing, he's not going to be allowed to enter into the country. Period. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So go ahead, let him... Let him not play in the Australian Open. That's it. Keep the number one player in the world out of the Australian Open. Now, you could make the case as Rafael Nadal did, and I can't argue with him, said that you know he knew what the conditions were months ago. That's very true. Apparently, Novak was given a medical exemption from the vaccine requirement you know, again, it's all politics. This has nothing to do with medicine. This has this has everything to do with politics. By the way, he's already won the Australian Open nine times. The uh, tournament, by the way, is supposed to start on January seventeenth. And again, his visa has been canceled, uh, according to, well, the Prime Minister. All right, Prime Minister tweeted: "Rules or rules." especially when it comes to our borders no one is above these rules so good have fun have fun watching the australian open without the number one player in the world it's ridiculous i won't be watching it i can tell you that all right again give me a, a call raise your hand icon uh and we will put you uh right on uh are you with me on this? I would love to know about how you feel about LeBron James. I just think the guy is such a hypocrite. He really is. He's such a hypocrite. He's so he he's just I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I I think he is I think he lacks perspective. I think he lacks education on certain subjects. I think he lacks awareness on certain subjects, I think he feels because he's LeBron James, he can say whatever he wants, whenever he wants. He doesn't care if there's backlash because, again, he's LeBron James. And that's how I perceive this situation. That's how I perceive it. it it's just, it's, it's. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't come out when I made my comment all lives matter every single one he really can't come out and say anything about my comment because he said the exact the exact same thing so how what what what's he going to do what's he going to come out and say about me i mean he probably would do it anyway because of what he did with Daryl Morey. So, I mean, you know. It was in a press conference that LeBron James had when he was talking about Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. And LeBron James came out, it was the, I want to say it was during the Cleveland Media Day. All right? It was the Cleveland Media Day. And he was talking about Colin Kaepernick and about police. Let me read the two paragraphs from LeBron. All right? He was talking about the shooting deaths of Terrence Crutcher and Keith Lamont Scott. I'm going to quote him. None of us have the answer. But the more times we can talk about it, the more times we can have conversations about, because I'm not up here saying all police are bad because they're not. I'm not up here saying that all kids are great and all adults are great because they're not. But at the same time, all lives do matter. It's not black or white. It's not that, that it's everyone. So it's just tough being a parent right now when you have a preteen. Let me read, let me read that again. But at the same time, all lives do matter. It's not black or white. It's not that it's Everyone. So it's just tough being a parent right now when you have a preteen. Let me translate that sentence for you in six words. All lives matter, every single one. That's what that sentence means. But at the same time, all lives do matter. It's not black or white. It's not that. It's everyone. Don't even need to continue. I just said it in six words. He took more than six words. He said all lives matter. Every single one. I said all lives matter. Every single one. So maybe that's why LeBron didn't come out and go to social media when I made my tweet. What's he going to do? Is he going to chastise me? Is he going to make me look bad when he said the exact The exact same thing that I said. Exact same thing that I said. No difference. No difference. But at the same time, all lives do matter. It's not black or white. It's not that. It's everyone. Thank you, LeBron. That's what I said. Glad that you and I are on the same page on something. Especially something as important as that. Just for the record, thought we would put that out there. I mean, he said it's not black or white. Well, that is black and white. There's no gray area in my comment, and there's no gray area in his comment. It's black and white. Period. No gray area at all in what I said and what he said. We said the exact same thing, period. LeBron said it first. I said it after LeBron, but we said the exact same thing. So maybe, just maybe, LeBron, who feels a need to go on social media and make his asinine, ridiculous tweets, maybe, just maybe, that's why he didn't respond to my all lives matter every single one. What's he going to say? He said the exact same thing. Is he going to rip me for saying something that he said a few years before I said it? Well, that wouldn't be very good, would it? Uh-uh. No, I didn't think so. Did not think so. But we live in a society today where people have very short memories. And similarly to what LeBron did With Daryl Morey, and then the exact same thing he countered two years later, talking about LeBron James. So nothing surprises me anymore. All right, if you want to come on the stage, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and I will get you right on. Someone asked me what do I think should happen to the Wizards broadcaster. I don't think anything should happen to him. You know why? Because I look at the intent of someone's comment. And the intent was not one of malice. His intent was one of mistaken identity. His intent was due to lack of preparation for the game. Lack of being prepared. Which, by the way, is bad in this business. Okay? it's bad. You know, your job is to be prepared when you go on the air. He's he's guilty of that. But is he guilty of making a hurtful comment with malice? No, he's not. Because there was no intent. No intent. And that's how I think anyone that thinks rationally should look at that. Again, I I don't know what else to add to that because there's nothing else I can really say to that. I really don't know what else to add. Alfred, you're on with Grant. Hey, Al.
1: You know, I I don't know, Consort. I'm wondering, do you... You you were in the business.
0: To, you do get know. me. You yep. know. Yeah, I do know him. be you obviously had tuned in a little bit late today. I t- I talked about how I've known oh, him sorry. for quite a while, and that uh, you know I I don't have his phone number in my in my contact list. But every time that we would play Washington, he and I would speak for quite a while. So I I would talk to him twice a year, and we would have a fairly lengthy conversation. That's that you know that's that's my relationship okay
1: them. okay yeah I, I apologize I didn't, I didn't catch no the beginning of it I didn't realize you because you know I wouldn't have to think I mean to, for me to really I don't know the man myself you know and the, the, just I just find it unbelievable the length you know the, the wording like like when Kosell use he runs like a little monkey right in uh-huh. driving the running back or when uh yeah, Adler's—you know—the the wording of pulling the trigger, and then it turns out I'm just kind of astounded that the the it turns out that his real dad, you know, uh, yeah, was in prison, and you yep. know, it just it just was to me, it's just uh, I I just find it unbelievable, you know. I don't, well, know, he, I don't know. It's well, he, he, crazy.
0: What he, what's bad about it is he did not do enough homework we're yeah. going on the game and that's that is not excusable and I've been very open with that he made a huge mistake yeah. because he was not prepared for the broadcast however with that said the intent his intent and what was going through his mind is he thought that Kevin Porter Jr's father was the Kevin Porter who used to play in the NBA including later in his career for the Washington Back then, Bullets, how ironic is that? Now the Wizards. But so Glenn was doing the game and thought that his father was the former NBA player, including a player that played in Washington, which makes it even a little bit worse because Glenn is the announcer for Washington, and he should have known that. So it's lack of preparation. It's lack of homework. But with that said, the intent... Think about the intent here. He made the comment thinking that the player that he was referring to had a father who played in the NBA, including at the end of his career with Washington.
1: And of course, you know, I agree with you. I mean, I'm just thinking intent for me falls back on who is the person who's saying it. And I would have to really know the man and you've caught, yeah, you know him, you know, on a professional level, maybe not on a personal, but I don't even have him. to, I don't
0: even have to know him. There's nobody in their right mind. There's nobody that would make a comment like that out of malice. There's nobody that would put their career on the line. Okay. I don't need to know the man. I do know okay. the man, but I don't need to know him. It's called common sense here, Al. There's no way in the world anyone is going to make a comment like that if they knew the real story about his father. Nobody's going to make a comment like that. There's not a a broadcaster on the planet that would make a comment like that if they knew who Kevin Kevin Porter Jr.'s real father was. He thought his father was the former NBA player. And so I don't even need to know the guy. It's called common sense. Nobody's going to make a comment like that.
1: Okay. I no I I appreciate your your views and of course I know I know you I believe I've listened to you for 30 years and you know yeah. pulling the trigger and hit. and Kevin Porter the basketball player who you know who played the he was a, a terrific player and I you know yep you know, great closer so I just wanted to throw my you know or just get a feel for
0: Yeah and you know what pulling the trigger is probably a horrible thing to say even if even if Kevin Porter junior's father was the former NBA player in this society and the day and times that we live in. Pulling the trigger probably is not the best thing to say. I mean, even the franchise you work for used to be called the Washington Bullets. And the reason why they're not the Bullets anymore is pretty easy to understand. They're now called the Wizards instead of the Bullets. So even that, I mean, pulling the trigger at times... Has been used as a common, yes. uh, you know that Al. You, you and I are the same age. Whether it's throwing a football or or <laughs> shooting the basket, you know we get the sh- You know shooting the basket. Uh, it's just we get caught up in all of this stuff. You know what I mean?
1: I get you. And I'm pulling the trigger. That's a common, uh, you know euphemism for, for broad broadcasters. You got to yes. pull the trigger, man. Throw the yep. ball, or you know. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly right. You're one hundred percent correct. Okay, well, thanks, buddy. And that's all. I laid by my last two cents. LeBron to me is just a, a fire starter. He's just yep. he just is a, a, a like a, a race baiter. I don't know if that's a, a right that's term to use.
2: He's that's just he just
1: tries to fan the flames instead of trying to see the big picture and, and jumps on it. But anyway, you have good night, man. Thanks for all the thanks for the, let me throw my two cents in. Have a good night, buddy. Thank you. Hey, I want to let
0: everyone know. That tomorrow, you do not want to miss my podcast. I've done this now for 15 months. I had Susan Waldman on back in December of 2020. And it's interesting. I've had Charles Barkley on. I've had Dusty Baker on. I've had Ian Eagle. I've had Mike Breen. I've had a lot of really top-shelf guests. I had more people listen to the episode with Susan Waldman than anyone else. Since I started doing the podcast, I interviewed Susan earlier today, and I will tell you that I've already listened to the interview three times, okay? Check out my podcast tomorrow with Susan Waldman. It is a phenomenal 40 to 45-minute conversation that I had with her. She is awesome. What a storyteller. Great Great conversation, including our recollection of being at the earthquake game in 1989 between the A's and the Giants. We also talk a lot about Ricky Henderson. We talk a lot about Don Mattingly. We talk a lot about just stories that I think everyone will be able to relate to. Do not pass up my podcast tomorrow with Susan Walman. Maybe my favorite one that I've done so far. It's phenomenal. Really good stuff. Uh, As we wrap up the show tomorrow, same time, and we will do a NFL final weekend preview, all right, Uh, and anything else that is going on. And I can guarantee you there will be something else that's going on that has nothing to do with on the court or on the field because that's the uh, era that we are living in. Uh, right now. So anything that you want to talk about tomorrow, uh, we will do it. Uh, I'm thinking about doing midterm grades on Monday show for the Kings as tomorrow they're in Denver, and it will be game number 41. So you're at the halfway point. They're either going to be seven games under 500 or nine games under 500. At the halfway point. So either way you look at it. It's been a terrible first half of the season. With a lot of horrible losses. Now I always talk to you about this. Alright. And I'm going to do it again. Because Jerry Reynolds. Always thinks it is maybe the most. Telling statistic. In the NBA. Because we are just. We're, we're saturated with statistics. Jerry thinks that the point differential. Really tells a lot about a team. He thinks it's one of the most telling statistics. Generally speaking, all of your playoff teams will be in the green when it comes to point differential. For instance, in the East, Chicago, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Miami, Philadelphia, Cleveland, and Toronto, the top seven teams, all have positive point differentials. Only the eight place Charlotte Hornets have a minus point differential at minus 1.1, 1. 1, okay? In the West, it's a little bit different this year. Golden State, Phoenix, Utah, Memphis, Dallas, all are in the green. The Lakers, and it, that, that's why I'm going to read this. The Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, and the Timberwolves are 6, 7, 8, and 9. The Lakers' point differential is minus 0.7. The Clippers, minus 0.2. Denver, minus 0.4. Minnesota, minus 0.3. And then San Antonio, oddly enough, 10th, plus 0.5. Okay? Now, I want to get you to the Kings' point differential. You ready for this? Minus 4.5. Now, just think about that. All of the teams ahead of the Kings that have a minus point differential are all below one point. The Kings, minus 4.4. Only three teams in the West are worse. Oklahoma City, minus 7.3. New Orleans, minus 5.3. And Houston, minus 8. How about that? Don't ever let that statistic bypass you when you look at evaluating teams. Minus 4.4. Tells a lot. All right, I'm back tomorrow. We'll get you ready for the weekend. Thank you so much. Make it a great evening. Thank you so much for listening to Grant Napier here on Listen Up. And don't forget to check out my podcast